0: You can't look back on anything with regret and say, oh, I, that was the wrong thing. I, I shouldn't have gone to law school. I shouldn't have gone to Penn. I shouldn't have stuck it out at the law firm. All of those things formed me. And I think struggling through some of those things kind of shaped uh, how I ended up being. So I, uh, you know, they're all building blocks. Some people find things sooner. So... Had I figured out some of these things about my personality and what was going to make me happy earlier on, maybe I'd be better off or I'd be that much farther ahead, but it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, you are where you are and and it's because of where you've been, whether that was right or wrong. And uh, you just have to learn from those experiences and that helps you in what you're doing now. So don't look back, just uh, learn from where you've been and apply it to the present.
1: Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence.
2: Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. On today's show, we've got Danny Sunshine, CEO and founder of Far West Restaurants, a company that operates Wingstop and Dunkin' Donuts all over California. Danny has been recognized by Wingstop as a franchising MVP award winner. He's also been recognized by OC Metro's 40 Under 40 and many other organizations for his excellence. Prior to starting Far West, Danny was an associate in a big law firm. He went to an Ivy League school. He got the great job in law. And one day he decided that wasn't for him. And he had to reinvent his career. On today's show, you're going to hear about him talking about aiming for empathy and how he went into this new role focused on dealing with people, building relationships, understanding people, and finding others to fill in the gaps in all the areas he wasn't really an expert. He'll talk to you about creating an environment for yourself that's supportive, whether it's at school, in your job, but definitely keeping yourself open-minded and optimistic when dealing with your friends and family who are trying to support you. Very excited to have Danny on the show today. Welcome, Danny Sun and Shine, to the Edge of Excellence podcast. Danny Sun and Shine, welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. How are you doing today? I'm doing great,
0: Matt. Really happy to be here with you.
2: I really appreciate you making time. I really appreciate you helping me fulfill my mission. I really appreciate your generosity as always. Thank you very much. Absolutely.
0: Anything to help you, Matt.
2: All right. Well, we're going to start off today like we always start off. It's different every time I ask anybody. So I'd like to know and the listeners would like to know, what is your definition of excellence?
0: I went to a very small boarding school up in Ohio, And uh, in our high school song had this phrase that I've always tried to live by. And it's to do the best work in the world you can do until the best you can do is all done. What that means to me, it's not the best work in an objective sense, comparing yourself to others, but the best work only you can do because there's only one of you. And it's in all areas of your life, work, family, and friends. And it doesn't mean being perfect in any area, but, but given your own limitations, uh, it's trying to do the best work you can. And uh, I think if you do that, you'll achieve whatever
2: excellence means to you. Interesting that you left two of the F's off. So family, check. Friends, check. Work, there's an F word for that. I don't remember what it is. You miss fitness and faith. And I got to say, Danny, you and I have been friends for a while. I just had Darren Anderson. We just recorded a podcast with him. I didn't say this on the podcast, but I run the Strava when I mountain bike. And when I'm done with my hardest ride, when I go the fastest, I look and Darren's beat me. And I didn't realize, I think he's number five in the world for uh, a triathlete, triathletes over 40 or something. So Now I know why he was beating me, but I also see you on the Strava every time. So you've got excellence in fitness and you've got excellence in faith. And we're going to sit here today and we're going to talk about how the hell does someone that wants to be a lawyer end up running a giant restaurant chain? We're going to get to that, but that's not why you and I are friends. We're not friends because you and I run businesses. We're not friends because uh, we're both CEOs. We're friends because we went to Germany to go race Porsches and you took us to a camp to broaden our horizons. We're friends because you and I align on the fitness and the faith as much as we do on the friends and the family and the work. So when you say best in the world until the work is done, how does that apply to your faith and what you do uh, to promote causes of your faith?
0: Well, I think if you look at my faith, the, the the underpinning of faith is family and it is friends. And for me, it's heritage. Uh, I'd say it seeps into my work because of how I care about the people that work for me and try to uh, provide them opportunity. Um, but it's not something I think about in terms of striving to be excellent or working towards something. It's just part of me. And it's an underpinning of all those other areas. So I don't, I don't, Think about it and try to, you know, espouse it to people. It's it's just it's part of it's interwoven in all those other things. And I know you didn't ask me this. You you talked about it before, but uh, in terms of why I didn't mention the fitness, I knew I was going to follow Darren Anderson. Nobody's as fit as that guy, so I didn't. I don't even want to get into that part. Of-
2: Yeah. You don't, you don't want to talk about fitness when Darren Anderson's uh, been on the call and I definitely don't want to talk about fitness when I blew my back out and I just keep eating Jill's cookies and I'm not able to exercise six days a week. Like I like to, so we'll leave that subject off to the side. It is interesting though, because you know, it's the edge of excellence podcast. It's listed in entrepreneurship. I don't want it in entrepreneurship. I want it in careers, but oftentimes we get people on here and it's about being the best CEO, but you know, there's there's people listening to this show that want to be uh, a religious leader. They want to be a charitable leader. They want to be the best Olympic athlete. So, how does doing the best work in the world you can do until the work is done apply to people outside of their professional life?
0: Well, it applies to your relationships with your kids, your wife, your family. Um, you know, you can't just leave. Um, your effort and, and, and your diligence and your grit uh, in the office or in the boardroom or on the pulpit. Um, You need to work at your relationships with your family and your kids. Um, And, um, and you can't stop. It's not something you can, uh, you know, achieve a certain level or a certain point in your relationship and then and then just say, I'm good here. It's something that requires work all the time. And going back to the motto and what I learned in high school is that that never ends. And, and if you're thinking, um, you know, whatever you apply it to, if you take the family aspect, you might achieve a certain relationship with your kids at a certain point, but you can't stop. They're always going to need you. Um, and people change. Your spouse will change. Their needs are going to change. And you have to keep working at it. Um, if you stop then the relationship stops and so you, you,
2: you've got to keep that going all the time. And, and you're saying that you're in high school, you're up at the Thatcher school, uh, by the way, Danny is now on the board. So when something gives something to you, it's often good to give back. So Danny's been on the board of the Thatcher school, giving back to the school that, uh, uh marked him so significantly. You're in high school. Did you know what your plan was? Did you know uh, where you were going? Did you know what you needed to do to be excellent?
0: Yeah, I thought I was going to be either an actor or a politician, Uh, and really more so a politician. I spent time in the summer working for our state senator. Um, I was always interested in politics and following it. I decided early on in high school to uh, do that in high school. I was in the student government. I was on the uh, equivalent of the kind of it's called the Judicial Council when kids get in trouble that they go before. I ended up being the chair or president of the school, and I thought I would go on to college and and pursue that. Um, you know, the acting part, I always had an interest in when I was little and I did it a little bit in high school, but I thought I might uh, pick that up when I got to college. Um, and uh, I got to college, um, and this is another thing I think is very important: is is placing yourself in the right environment. Um, and sometimes you don't have a choice in that; you end up somewhere, and you have to figure out whether it's you know, the right place for you. But I went to a, you know, as you mentioned, Thatcher. It's a 250 kid boarding school in um, the end of the Ohio Valley, small town, very small environment. And then I went from there to Penn in Philly. Uh, ten thousand undergraduate, ten thousand graduate, and I was a a you know little fish in a huge pond um, and never kind of found you know the right place for me there. I felt kind of lost um, you know it's a contrast with a lot of my friends that went from Thatcher to small environments uh, small schools um, they thrived and what I learned and it took me a long time to figure this out but I thrive in small environments where I can get to know people and and I can have one-on-one personal relationships. And that's how I was in high school. I felt, I tried to be friends with everybody. Um, I I was very outgoing in in a small environment. People got to see me up close and understand who I am, that I was an honest person, a hardworking person, truthful. Um, and I got to this big school, this big environment, and I couldn't find that small environment, even within the big environment. And I kind of got lost in college and went through the motions of, you know, just doing the next thing because it, it was the right, it was the next thing in front of me without a lot of thought as to where I wanted to end up. Um, the environment is very important. And the older you get, you can, and well, I wouldn't even say older you get, anytime you can have an impact on that. Maybe it's harder when you're younger. Your parents are kind of guiding you. But when you get a little bit older, you get into your 20s, um, you can choose where you work. You can choose where you go to school if you go back to school. You can choose to make a move. And you can choose to find an environment that is suited for you and your capabilities and your skill set. And and then you're going to be successful if you're in the right environment.
2: So, you, you go to Thatcher, one of the best high schools in the country. You then move to Penn, which it's not UC Santa Barbara, but it's a very highly regarded Ivy League school. And it's only 10,000 people. And I, I know you. I know you found your wife at Penn. I know you don't go to Penn unless you're kind of in the upper echelon of intelligence and drive. So are you saying that Penn was not the right environment. And did I hear you right? You said you couldn't find the small environment at Penn. Cause I might have to call bullshit on you.
0: I couldn't find an environment within an environment there to me, 10,000 undergrad, 20,000 total is a big school in the middle of West Philly in a big city. And I didn't find a sports team an activity. Um, I joined a fraternity. but kind of got burnt out on it towards the end. Um, and you're, you're very correct. And, uh, or I should say thank you for pointing out that I met my wife there because I always say I had a bad time there and it was the wrong place for me. And then she says, but you met me. So of course that was, you know, a great part of it and a great benefit of going there. Um, but I just, I never found my home. I never found something that, that I felt, uh, super connected with, involved with, um, you know, or anything like that. Wow. I I didn't didn't,
2: uh, didn't know that. So, so, College was, besides finding your wonderful, perfect, beautiful wife, college was not the wonderful, exhilarating, eye-opening, life-changing experience it was Uh, for me. It wasn't for you. And so, therefore, that happened after school for you? Well, no, it actually
0: happened before. Um, And I think that's part of that. That's another reason why Penn wasn't. Uh, I should say college wasn't the the great experience that it is for other people. I kind of had that in high school and I made five or six lifelong, you know, best friends. I just was texting them earlier today. Um, We, 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 you know, we still talk literally every day. Um, So I had that, um, you know, growing up great friend experience in high school. Um, And also And I think this would have been a lot of other places I could have gone as well. You know, Penn was a very serious place in that most people, unlike a lot of us, that don't figure out what we want to do until we get into our 20s and 30s. Everybody it seemed to me that everybody there knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I I spent the fall semester of my junior year living in Prague. And I came back. And that's kind of about the time in college when you're you're, you know, people are. Are, are are deciding what they're going to do when they graduate. So if you're going you to go to medical school, you're taking the MCAT, you're you're trying to find an internship. If you're going to go to law school, you're taking the LSAT. If you want to go be a consultant, you're starting to interview with consulting firms, whatever. Um I, I came back from Prague. I felt every single person on the on Penn's campus but me knew exactly what they wanted to do. Now, I know that's BS cuz I'm sure there were a lot of the other people that were as lost as I was, but I got so scared at that point when I got back from Prague because I'm like, oh, crap, everybody else has this already figured out. I'm so behind. What am I going to go do? I was an international, international relations major, psych minor, total liberal arts. So what am I going to go do? I'll apply to law school. I mean, and it was, and you know, I had it in my family. My mom was a judge, um, a justice on the California Court of Appeals. My brother was already in law school, having graduated from Penn. Um, so it was an easy path because of them, but it was, you know, it, it, it always felt to me, even later on when I graduated law school and passed the bar and went to work for a big international law firm, I felt like I had done this just, it was the default path. It was okay. I'll just go do this. Um, and in retrospect, um, I wish I had spent a lot more time thinking about what I really liked, and what I was interested in, or what would make me happy. And I didn't. Now, it's not all bad. I mean, I, I got going to law school, if you end up going to law school out of default, it, it's a great um, background to have, because you can use it in anything you do. And it, it opens up a lot of opportunities. So I don't regret it. Um, but, but I do, I do wish I thought about the choice more at the time.
2: So I was uh, in Indiana this weekend uh, working with about 50 college kids, and I'm up in front of the group giving a speech. And for some reason, it came to me that there are 7,000 negative thoughts that go through your head every day, and you got to grab them and refute them. I also did a little college counseling for one of Kennedy's friends, and she kept saying that she wasn't interesting enough. I said, no, Mia, you grab that. You are interesting. And there's a bunch of people listening right now that are juniors, and they think what you thought everyone's already got their plan. Everyone knows where they're going. Everyone's ahead. And I wanted to stop real quick because you said it. You said it probably isn't true. It's not true. It's a negative thought. Not everyone at Penn knew where they were going. Many of them went and did things and changed their minds later. Danny was as good and doing just as well as everybody else. But oftentimes we don't think we are. And if we can just stop that and say, hey, that's not true. Or Maybe it is true. Stop it and say, "Okay, it's true." I'm not going to beat myself up about it. How am I going to correct it? So, how did you correct it? How did you get over not knowing where you were, where you wanted to go? And I'm not talking about law school. You went to law school. It's still where you didn't want to go. How did you figure out you wanted to get in the restaurant business and be a CEO and an entrepreneur instead of a lawyer at this big firm?
0: There's a million ways I can answer that question, and there's a bunch of answers to it. Uh, the the simplest answer. Uh, is my wife, and uh, the reason why I say that is when I went and started practicing law uh, um, after law school, I went. I ended up at a big firm. Um, you know, I wouldn't say the firm like the movie "The Firm" because they weren't laundering money for the mob, but um, it, it was that type of you know high stress environment, uh, late hours, uh, grinding hard. Um, and in a you know a very stressful, serious environment, and I started uh, work on a Monday, the same day that my wife went to go to business school. And uh, the end of that week, um, I came home. She, you know, she had an easier schedule. She was home before me. Dinner was made. It was a it was a Friday night. We we're living in an apartment up in LA. It's commuting from Orange County, and I, I can I can picture this still I mean, exactly. I walk in the door, and she says, "So how was it?" You know, kind of meeting the week. And, and without thinking, and this is five days into practicing law, I said, I hate it. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. Every day I went to work this week. I don't enjoy this. I can't believe I'm going to do this for my career. And without missing a beat, and this was when um, I started working, she had gone back to school. So we were you know, you know, supporting her through school. First thing out of her mouth was quit. And I said, I can't quit. I just took the bar. You just started grad school. Um, this is what I'm supposed to do I, I I can't what would I go do she and 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 she said, "You'll find something else. you'll find something that makes you happy i mean it, it, this is this is absolutely what happened. That was the fall of ninety eight I didn't leave the law firm until January of 04. and it was not every day, not every week, but at least once a month. My wife Carrie would say when are you going to leave? What are you going to do? When are you going to leave? You don't like this. Why are you doing this? And even I, I started out as a litigator. I thought that that was the problem. So I switched to corporate, you know, transactional. And I I, I, I grinded it out. I, I didn't like it. Um, and it was literally every day. Now, I am super lucky. Um, I have um, amazing parents that, are, that have had that are not only amazing parents and, and great people and great as a parent, but, uh, but both extremely successful and great examples and full of ideas. Um, so even my mom who was a, a lawyer and then a judge and then a justice, very respected in California in legal circles, she even said I should leave. And my dad had a business for many years that did, um, kitchens, uh, big industrial kitchens and restaurant design. And he had had that business for 30 years, sold it and just became an investor and and invested a lot in the restaurant space. And he ended up investing in a concept out of Texas called Wingstop. Um, He and a group bought it from its founder. And this coincided with the kind of the tail end of my legal career when I really started uh, to think about going to do something. So about a year before I left, Um, I finally, and it wasn't a moment where I just, I said, all right, I'm gonna go do this now. It just gradually built up over time. I finally said, all right, I need to go find something else. And I did spend about a year having breakfast with people, talking to people, uh, my friends, my parents' friends, my brother's friends, kind of in a whole bunch of different sectors. Um, And given my dad's experience in the food sector, um, I, I kind of started to gravitate towards that. And then with his involvement with Wingstop, learned about the brand and did the research and put a business plan together, decided to buy a territory and open. And, and I think I signed up for 10 stores at the beginning. I'd never even been in the back of a restaurant before, let alone worked in one. Um, so it was a real leap of faith to get into something like that. But I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. and I, and, and I honestly figured I'll give it a shot. If it doesn't work after a couple of years, I'll go do something else, but anything is going to be better than being unhappy at the law firm. And just getting out of that environment, kind of whatever it was,
2: you know, was important. So, so just like college, you're in a wrong environment, just like college, you're not getting what you need out of your environment, but unlike college, or maybe not unlike college, you went and found your environment and your environment was always there. It was your parents, it was your sibling, it was your wife. And you built that support system, that small support system that you were talking about in your definition of excellence outside of everything else that's going on. You know, it's really funny, Matt, the way you just described it
0: because I've never thought about it in that way. When people have asked me, well, how did you go do it? Usually I talk about my dad and and I always say, and this is still true, I say, I'm super lucky. I got so lucky that my dad got involved in this brand. This opportunity came up at the right time. It coincided with me wanting to leave the law. But you framed it a way I have never really thought about it, is that you just mentioned my mom, my dad, my wife. That's why. It's not, uh, it could have been some other opportunity as well, but that they were all there, A, my wife to. Kind of kick me out of the door and 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 force me to go do something else, and 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 to talk about that for a second, I'll get I'll get to my parents. When when we left, um, we had just moved into a new house that was a little bit more than we could afford. Uh, We took on a big mortgage. Every year, staying at the law firm, you get a raise at a big firm. It's like lockstep, Um, and it's you know they call the golden handcuffs, and they are because you get locked into a lifestyle based on this rising salary and you don't want to leave and when i left i didn't take a salary at at, at the business i think for the first 4 or 5 years of the business um, and so we were all in you know on this and I, I always used to say that you know the the downturn you know the 08 09 downturn that, that that my wife and i had the downturn before the downturn because we sat down at our kitchen table in 04 and said and I don't want to make this out like we would have been out on the street or anything like that, because we have a very supportive family. I'm very lucky in in the life I was, you know, uh, 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 brought into, and it was nothing like that. But you know, my wife and I did sit down at the kitchen table, and we took out a, a pad of paper, and she wrote down everything that I spent money on that she thought was extra, and I did the same for her. I had a much longer list than she did. Um, but she said, all right, for the next, you know, until you start making money, you're not going to buy wine. I said, okay, I'm not going to buy wine. And I said, you're not going to do this. And we went back and forth and we just pared our lifestyle down to fit me, not taking a salary and, you know, into starting the business. Um, so she was a huge catalyst in getting me out the door, you know, and taking the plunge, but also being there to support me that, you know, saying this is okay financially for us and we'll be fine. And then in terms of my parents, Um, It was the, I'll I'll say with my mom, it was the lifelong example of her taking risks and doing new things. My mom went from starting her own law firm right out of law school as a woman lawyer in 1970, to being the youngest person ever on the California Court of Appeals, to starting an investment bank and selling it with my brother. So she's constantly taking risks and done new things. And then I had my dad's example of starting a business in his mid-20s and growing it, um, you know, to actually giving me this idea to get involved in Wingstop. So I did have an amazing support group.
1: Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disc assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now back to the show. Yeah, and
2: I also think it's beyond the environment in another way, Danny. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people on this call that are listening that have the supportive family that you have or the supportive family that I have, but they don't listen. They don't take the opportunity. They're closed-minded to it. So it's one thing to have the support, and it doesn't you grew up wealthy, I didn't. But we have the same parents. Your parents are Jewish, mine are Catholic, but we have the same parents. Our parents are supportive. Our parents have great ideas. Our, par- our parents want the best for us. We're, we're lucky in that way. Some people aren't. Some people aren't. But maybe there's a friend's parent. Maybe there's a teacher. Maybe there's a coworker. Maybe there's someone. You could have ignored uh, that open-mindedness. Or you could have ignored those ideas. You could have ignored that support. You could have said, no, 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 I don't want to do it. But you were open-minded and optimistic. How do you maintain that? Well, I think beyond
0: your, 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 your family and your spouse, um, you know, I, I sought out people right when I was getting into the industry that I still call when I need help and support. Um, so it, it's important to seek those people out, obviously, when you're getting into something. But in order to be successful and happy once you get into it, um, especially in the field that you choose, it's important to go out and find those mentors. Um, and it's funny you end up uh, seeking them out on other things later on, having nothing to do with why you got into it or even the field that you're in. But um, you know, people do love to help. A lot of people do. I mean, there's a few that don't, but people love. You know, it's flattering when people reach out to you uh, and you know seek advice and seek help. So there's some, you know, I had a good friend that was very high up at Taco Bell and Panda Express. Um, I had another one that had a big pizza chain here. I still call them all the time. I still get advice, um, you know, because you're going to encounter a lot of things, especially when you go into something new, everything is going to be new for you. And if you can find people that have done it before,
2: uh, you know, it helps a lot to find that support. There's probably someone listening right now. They feel they're in the wrong environment. They don't like their school. Their friends aren't working. It's not working for them. Or maybe they're in a law firm and they realize I don't want to be a lawyer. Or maybe they just lost their job and they have to make those cuts that you're talking about. And they, they, didn't, they didn't voluntarily leave. They lost it. It's really hard, right? It's really hard not to get down. There's 7,000 negative thoughts going through your mind every day. And when things aren't going great, it's hard to be open to opportunities. It's hard to be optimistic, but somehow you you were. Did you always listen to your parents? Did you always listen to others? As I haven't, I, I'm horrible at that. How were you able to go, hey, you know what? My parents are idiots because all kids think their parents are idiots. But this time I think they're right. I'm going to take this shot.
0: You know, honestly, I, I I can't think of, yeah, I've certainly disagreed with my parents My brother, my wife, um, but I I I can't think of too many times, or at least anything that's important and material. Um, Now I don't want any of them to hear this, but I I I can't think of of too many times when they were really wrong. Um, Now maybe on certain details, but on on big picture, big things, um, they've kind of always been right. and they've kind, you know, they they understand me. They have my best interests at heart. Um, not really. I think they've always kind of been, been right.
2: So not everybody has that. So some of you listening are thinking, "Golly, I wish I was Danny Sunshine." And, and if only you knew, there's a lot of other reasons to wish you were Danny Sunshine. But Egal and Sheila, who I guarantee are listening, I want them to know that when we rode on that bus in Africa for five hours and I put my kids on the same bus that you had your family on, that was on purpose because I knew that Egal and Sheila would have wonderful things to say. And I wanted my kids to be subjected to it. I took that opportunity. So if they're not your parents, you've got a friend around you that has some parents that you can go jump in on and hear what they have to say. You can listen to them. You can be inspired. And Danny's parents, have greatly inspired me. And every once in a while I go to Danny's house, not very often because he doesn't invite me enough. And I walk around with his dad and we look at his artwork and he explains his stories to me. And I leave inspired and I leave motivated. Not my dad, my dad's great too, someone else's. So look for the opportunities be open-minded, be optimistic. It's hard, but Danny, you're, you're a happy guy. It's not that hard for you. Do you have tools though, that keep you open-minded, keep you optimistic that maybe you've been using all this time to make these really tough decisions and not freak out about leaving a high paying job and starting a business? I have
0: some tools on how I live, which I think relate to that. Um, and I think they lead me to be open-minded. Um, I, yeah, I, Believe a lot in trying to understand the people around you and to try to be empathetic. I don't always do the best job at it, but um, especially in in a business environment, especially when you have people working for you. And I realize everybody I'm talking to, or the you know the the people that are listening to this podcast, might be reversed. You might be working somewhere, um, but the same kind of logic you know you know you uh, know is implied. Um, you have no idea what's going on in somebody else's head. You don't know what's going on with their family. You don't know what may be happening to them. Um, and you know we can be quick to judge and quick to react when, when somebody doesn't act the way we want or do the thing that we want. Um, but you have no idea what they're going through. And I I do I always remember the REM song. And this might be too young for some of you, but. Uh, everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. You know, everybody hurts. Everybody has something inside them that is that might be a struggle for them. That might be difficult. Um, and you got to be empathetic with them. Um, and 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 you're going to develop such great relationships with those people um, that that are going to ground you and that are going to help you. And you're going to be successful in what you're doing with them because you understand them. And so. It's, uh, you
2: know, uh, moving forward with empathy, I think, is very important. Yeah, that's EQ. That's the foundation of EQ. Think, look for what, what you can like. Look for what you can sympathize with. And know deep down inside, we don't have the same background. We don't have the same upbringing. We haven't had the same day. So we don't know what's going on. Be optimistic.
0: Yeah. And everybody has had you know, some people less than others. But um, I guarantee you, if you sit down with somebody and talk to them long enough, you're gonna you're gonna you're, you're gonna hear something from their past that they struggled with, that they had difficulty with. Um, I had a lot of learning problems uh, before I got to high school. Um, you know, that was uh, finally culminated in, in me being diagnosed with ADD, um, and I was kind of you know on the cusp of that when the people didn't know what it was. Um, big struggle with me, you know, for me early on that I had to overcome. Um, I did, you know, thankfully, but uh, everybody has something like that, maybe to a different degree. Um, and you know, being able to understand that, I think, is
2: going gonna, is gonna to be critical for you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up with a silver spoon and all the opportunities and someone dressed you every day and did your hair for you every day and you had a cush life or you grew up in India with no opportunities. I mean, it it just doesn't matter. You have to deal with the cards that you're dealt. You have to overcome what you have to overcome. And if your life's been pretty cush, one day you'll have something. So you either get it in the beginning or you get it in the end. And I'm not being insensitive um, at all. I'm being realistic. It doesn't matter. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. So I just want to talk for a second about what you do. So you went to law school. Oh, by the way, I, I'm sure you know this. My goal was to be a politician. My goal was to be a lawyer. I have a poli sci and history degree because I knew that that's what you were supposed to do. The only reason I got into business was because I did an internship to help me become a law partner. That was my whole plan. And just like you, I don't think I would have loved law because I can't handle the exact exactness of it. I can't handle the rules and regulations of a law profession and I would have gone crazy. So we we started off on the same path. We ended up in a similar path but in a different world.
0: Well, let me yeah. Uh, let me interrupt. I I I wasn't good at being a lawyer. I couldn't stay being a lawyer. I was probably okay Couldn't handle the confrontation of it. And even especially when I was a litigator, it's so confrontational. And I just I I took that in. And then even when you're a transactional attorney, you're trying to get the deal done, but you're you're still on the other side of the table. And my nature is just to just try to accommodate everybody can win. Everybody can, you know, uh, you know, we can make peace. And it doesn't work that well in that profession. So understanding. Um, You know, we talked before about putting yourself in the right environment, but you also need to understand your skill set, what you do well, you know, that's inherent And, and that matters for what you end up doing as well. So what's your disc score?
2: What's your disc test score? What's my what? Oh, you haven't taken a disc test before? I, I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. You're the only person that doesn't know what that is in the entire business community. So, uh, Distort, D-I-S-C, Driver, Influencer, Supporter, compliant. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I've never taken anything like
2: that. Okay, so you're probably an S. Uh, to be a real good lawyer, you got to be an asshole. you got to be a D. So you're just too nice of a guy, so so you're you're going off on this path. I luckily am an asshole. I'm just not detail oriented, so I had the other half of not being a good lawyer. And you move into this restaurant business, and you know you had a you had a little bit of an in uh, that your dad was investing in the company, but you still had to buy the company. You still had to pass the interviews. You still had to pass the matchmaking of the franchisors. What do you need to do? If you're in college and you want to run a restaurant chain, what are some of the skills that are unique to being an entrepreneur in that environment, um, as you see, and what do you do on a daily basis, just job-wise, to help people understand, will they like it or will they not like it?
0: Well, I used to think when I started and was intimidated by everybody around me that in order to be a good uh, business person and run any business, you know, it could be a software business, a restaurant business, engineering firm, like your guest, Darren, that um, you needed to know finance, accounting, marketing, um, and that you needed to have training in that. And for the first however many years, I always felt a little bit insecure and deficient Um especially when I would get in conversations with people and they would start throwing around terms I didn't understand uh, when I was talking to the bank and trying to negotiate. And I, you know, I may not understand exactly what they were saying. And then I realized after a while that none of that, that, none of that really matters because you can surround yourself with people to help you with all of that. Um, you know, For me, it's pretty simple. You have to be able to take risks. You have to be inquisitive. You have to be able to grind and work hard. You have to deal with failure. You're going to have a ton of failure. Um, and you know this, that, this idea that we all have now, you know, a lot of it because of you know, tech startups and IPOs, it's going to be a get rich quick. You're going to start this thing. And in two years, it's going to be at this. And you're going to strike it rich. Um, that does happen. But it's a small fraction of what happens. If things take time, you have stumbles, you have falls. You have to get back up. I know it's cliche, but you're going to have failure. Um, But the most important thing, um, and you don't need any training for this. um, You just need to be good at 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 managing employees and dealing with people, and being personable and getting to know people and listening to them. You talked before about emotional IQ. That's what I think emotional IQ is. And um, I don't often like to toot my own horn. I will say of all the attributes that I need to be a successful business person. It's my ability to get to know people and relate to them. Um, I've developed great friends um, kind of at all levels of my business, people I deal with um, at our franchise or Wingstop, people I deal with um, at our private equity company that recently invested in us, my long-term employees, um, kind of everybody I deal with in my orbit, i i have made friendships I have really strong friendships. I call them to talk about things that aren't work related um so it's just uh you know any organization you end up running as a business person it's it's all about the relationship it's all about the people everything else you don't don't worry about you don't know how to read a balance sheet um or you don't know some financing term um you can get help with that you can learn enough to, to you know to manage it but um You know, the most important
2: thing is how you deal with people. So you find people to fill in the gaps. You work really hard. You take risks. You don't let the failures drag you down to where you're incapacitated. You get over them and you move on. And it comes down to being able to deal with people, get to know people. And when I think of you and I think about that, that's who you are. You love people. You love getting to know people. You love lifting people up. I asked you what would be a win in this podcast. You said nothing. I'm just doing this to help out. You don't care. It's always palm down giving. What if someone's not a people person? Like I think about Bill Gates. He's not a people person. I think about Steve Jobs. He wasn't a people person. So how were they able to, you know, have the same role as you in a different industry um, without having that skill set that you think is the cornerstone for your success?
0: Well, I think you're gonna end up I think you have interviewed and you're gonna interview a lot of people on this podcast. I mean, I happen to know very well the person you just interviewed Darren that we keep talking about the fittest man in the world. He and I are completely different um he has his own way of dealing with people that works um you know i but everybody's gonna have a different way of doing it. You need to figure out your own way, and I think um. It's kind of one of the reasons why I was excited to come on the podcast is because I think after you get done doing this, and however many dozens, not hundreds of people you talk to, you're going to have a treasure trove of examples that people can listen to. And maybe there is somebody who listens to mine and says, Yeah, that's kind of like me. And so this is the way I need to do it. So, you know, I, I haven't studied Bill Gates or, you know, those guys enough uh, to, you know, to totally answer that question. Um, but it's just another example that works, and there's many different ways of of being, you know, being
2: successful running a business. Yeah. So you found your strength, maybe your strength. Yeah. And then you leveraged it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's fair. All right. And, and you know, it's it's not something I I realized at the beginning. Um, obviously, it's with the benefit of hindsight, looking back on how I did it. But I and you know the reason why I brought up all the stuff about. Uh, things you may think you need, but you don't. Because when you, at the beginning, you don't know that you don't need them. So I was convinced for many years um, that I needed to have a finance background. even, after the business got going and we were actually starting to do well, I went on this kick for a long time. I was talking to my dad, talking to my brother, and talking to my wife about, oh, I need to go back to business school because I joined a business group and I'd get in these meetings and I felt like I was the only idiot in the room because I didn't know what half of them were talking about. And then once I really got to know them, you know, a lot of people don't know a lot of things and they only know some things. And there's different ways of doing things. And to my, you know, to the credit of my dad and brother, they said, you know, and my wife, because she'd gone to business school. They said, you're, you're doing it. You're getting your MBA and running your business. You don't need another degree. Um, so yeah, that was a good perspective.
2: Yeah, you you have a great support structure. Not everybody does. You have a great support structure. And basically, you just keep doing it. You just keep going. So I got two more questions for you. Uh, one, one of my favorites, what sacrifices did you make when you're young that you don't regret at all because they helped you end up where you are? Well,
0: so many things we've talked about today I, I um, that I put myself in environments that weren't right. Or I, I think looking back, I did the wrong thing. Um, you can't look back on anything with regret and say, oh, I, that was the wrong thing. I I shouldn't have gone to law school. I shouldn't have gone to Penn. Um, I shouldn't have stuck it out at the law firm. All of those things formed me. Um, and uh, I think struggling through some of those things kind of shaped. Uh, How I ended up being, Um, so I, uh, you know, they're all building blocks. Some people find things sooner. So, had I figured out some of these things about my personality and what was going to make me happy earlier on, maybe I'd be better off, or I'd be that much farther ahead. Um, But it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, you 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 are where you are, and, and it's because of where you've been, whether that was right or wrong. And uh, you just have to learn from those experiences. And that helps you in what you're doing now. So don't look back, just uh, learn from where you've been and apply it to the present.
2: Yeah, there, I've had some painful moments in my life. You know, I lost all of our money, had to put my house on the market. It was a really tough three years from 2007 to 2000, well, four years till 2010. I wouldn't go back and not lose all my money. I mean it was horrible at the time it really caused damage in my family emotionally for my wife especially but it made us who who we are I was watching an interview the other day from our college works business and there was a young woman on there that's been in five foster homes in high school and I called up the the person that was interviewed I watched the recordings I, I called up I said we have to hire that person she's going to be the best person in the company and I think of you know a person we know that started a skateboard company that was kicked out of his house at, uh, in 10th grade and had the largest skateboard company in the world. A friend of ours who grew up in Africa and had to defend his family from their abusive father, got hit in the head with an ax handle and become one of the greatest uh, bankers of all time. Um, those people wouldn't, I mean, really painful occurrences they had. People listening have had pain. They harness the pain. To make them more successful. Now they all have psychiatrists to deal with it. Still, you still got to go deal with it, but they harnessed it for something constructive and consider themselves lucky for it.
0: We can do a whole nother podcast on Danny Sunshine pre-high school, which we haven't touched on too much. I was kicked out of school in seventh grade. I had horrible behavioral problems because of ADD. I had a really bad stutter um, and uh you know my favorite part of telling that is i ended up the school i was kicked out of ended up being the president of the board of the school after sending my kids there and i i i i every day i walked into a board meeting and i would talk about it all the time it kind of became my little shtick, but i relished in the fact that i had gone back there and shown them that you know that wasn't me or i evolved or whatever um so um, you know we all have those things now you know to different degrees, and some of the people you mentioned had really you know tough times. I just had a few you know things that I had to go through, but um you know it's fun when you can you know i don't when is not the right word, but when you achieve some level of success, especially in areas where you didn't have it it's it, it it's very satisfying
2: I too uh left a very elite private school and it also haunted me all my life, and I was the chairman of the school board at the same time you were the chairman of a different school board, and I felt the same way, and I would love That's to go so rub it awesome. in their faces. That is great. <laughs> um, my favorite quote, he who has a strong why can bear almost any how. You know where that quote comes from? I don't. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So if you think about it, I mean. The
0: That's the book you gave me.
2: I hate I read it more closely. <laughs> I, it's in the first few pages. It's a Nietzsche <laughs> quote. I hate to bring it up because I mean that's that's historically probably the worst suffering of all time. So I can't compare anything that I've ever done to any of that. But I remember that Victor Frankel made it through the worst possible thing you could ever get through because he wanted to reunite with his wife, and that was driving him. So no matter how bad it gets, he who has a strong why can bear anyhow. So, last question: What advice would you have for your twenty-year-old self going back? What would you say to yourself to help you get where you are today?
0: I would say, don't be afraid to self, you know, self-examination, and don't be afraid if that self-examination leads you to admit that you're doing something you don't love to do. And you know, we often I think about you know when I was a young lawyer. it's just what I, it's what I, it's the path I went on and I had to spend a lot of time and effort to go down that path, um, of going to law school and taking the bar. And, um, I'd arrived at by any measure was a very prestigious place that a lot of people envied. Um, and that was lucrative. Um, but I just wasn't happy and it's okay to be unhappy and it's okay to kind of soul search and leave an environment that others may think is a pinnacle,
2: but for you is a valley. And you got to know when to leave. You didn't leave that first week. You held, you held out to make sure you were right. You didn't even leave for six years. And I'm sure knowing you, part of that was validating. Like when I was a, a, an intern for this company, College Works, I'm knocking on doors. I hated knocking on doors. I didn't get any leads. I hated not getting any leads. I couldn't sell. I hated not selling, but I'd only been doing it for a month and a half. I'm not going to give up a month and a half in. You got to persevere to a certain point, but you know, people don't say this very often. Sometimes you do have to give up and move on.
0: Well, and something you just said about the, you know, the the timing you know, I see dozens and dozens and dozens of resumes for all different positions in our business. And every single time when I see the resume that has, Eight jobs in five years. I walk down to our head of HR, and I, I same conversation. I just say, you know, there's here's two people. This one has been at a few places for a long time. This one's been at many places for a short time. I just don't get it. And head of HR always says, well, you know, it's just different now. That's millennial, and you know, when they're not happy, they they go to find something else. Um, I think there's 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 something in between that, and and. And staying too long. But I think you do have to give places a try that you've started at. And, and you owe it to some places sometimes to not
2: you know, leave too quickly.
0: On the other hand, don't stay forever in something you don't like. There, you know, there definitely is a middle ground.
2: Great advice. Well, the only thing I've been surprised about today is after you went to law school that nobody told you you should uh, take up rock and roll music, because I know that Elvis and Priscilla Presley were married in your grandfather's backyard. And we didn't mention that today. So no musical interest for you?
0: Well, only if you and I, who are the spitting image of of Hall and Oates, could form a duo together and and, and, and do that. Uh, Other than that, no interest,
2: Matt. <laughs> well, I am, by the way. I haven't told you this. You know, my daughter's a musician and she makes sure that I never tell anybody and she's so pissed at me for mentioning that her song was doing well on SoundCloud. I am starting to take up their harmonica. My plan was to bust it out with Kennedy and she wouldn't know that I know how to play the harmonica and then we could play music together. But she's made it very clear that she wants nothing from me. It's not my music. I'm an ass for even knowing that she writes songs. So I'm going to take you up on that offer, except you got to play the guitar. I'm going to bust out the harmonica. Monica, If you do that, I'll learn the guitar. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, Danny Sun and Shine, CEO of Far West Restaurants, available to be reached at farwestrestaurants.com. If you want to uh, look at being employed by Danny or working in that industry, figuring it out, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate your willingness to support me, helping these uh, young people figure out how to be like you. Thank you very much for making it on the show today.
0: Well, Matt, I want to say what a thrill it was to be here. I'm, you, know, you and I have become great friends. I'm so proud of what you do to help people. And I'm so proud to be associated with this because I know you've dedicated yourself, not only in your business, but in this podcast, to helping people on their path. And um, I couldn't be more thrilled to have done this with you, Matt. So thank you.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.